everybody! Welcome to Inspiring Adventures. I'm Melissa Reyes, and today I have with me Karu Capritz, and he is the author of The Legacy Letters, which I have right here. This is really an amazing book, and I interviewed him last year, so I'm welcoming him back. Thank you for being here, Karu. Oh, gosh, Melissa, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you so much. Well, I'm just excited to, to meet up with you and talk to you again. And thank you. Thank you so much for being here on Inspiring Adventures, my newer show. Last yeah. time you were on Tinseltown. Yeah, the last show of Tinseltown. Look at this. Started the new year with Inspiring Adventures. I, it's an honor. Thank you. And, well, you inspired Inspiring Adventures. I was talking to you and they had the idea to continue doing interviews. And I have to thank you. It had been... Um, just a really a pleasure talking to you. I re-listened to the interview today, and it was really a wonderful interview. And it spurred on a whole year of amazing interviews with wonderful authors and wonderful people from all around the world. So I thank you for that. You're so welcome for that. I'm glad to be part of that adventure, a part of that journey. I want to talk to you about some of the things that you've done this past year that you have done. I know you've had many ideas, and I think that's what's so amazing about you. You have um, been promoting your book. So tell me about some of the amazing ways that you've promoted your book and what have been some of the standout wonderful things that you've done. And, and you know, just start yeah. by telling me. The book is yeah. called The Legacy Letters. It's it's won five national awards, and it's the first book in publishing history to win awards in both fiction and nonfiction, which is That's an amazing. incredible honor. Um, the book is a series of letters written by a father who would never live to see his kids, and these letters eventually become their practical, moral, and spiritual guidebook for the rest of their life. And this little book is, uh, is 40 of the over 200 letters the father left behind for the children to to read and learn from. Um, when you get done with this, you say, I wish there was more, there is more. The Legacy Letters Complete, which is coming out next, um, is already, which is all 200 letters, if you can win. Letters are the dinner, and dessert is the music, because the father left behind the music as well. Is that what you Right, saying? exactly. The big book, as we like to call it, all 200 letters, which is the last seven months of his life, and it goes into everything you can imagine, whereas the little book here, this is the one that won all the national awards, uh, is sort of the appetizer to get you used to the idea, but it's been a really fun way of doing it because it's not overwhelming. So people right. can just sort of dive into any part of the book if they want to read to the beginning, to the middle, to the end. Um, it gives a sense of what's going to happen in, in all big books. So you're not missing out either way. You know, This is a great way to start. When you wrote the letters, who were you writing to? That's interesting. That's I actually had this discussion with some friends the other day because they were asking the same thing, and it seems to be a common question. I I guess I had an early midlife crisis, which I guess is the best way, the best time to have one if you're going to have have them early, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was questioning at that time. I was working in Hollywood on feature films. I got my degree in filmmaking and ended up in uh, Tinseltown, as you well know. And um, I looked around and I saw a lot of unhappy people. You know, you figure this is a great romantic life. Well, it is up to a point. And then I saw a lot of people who were just sort of very dissatisfied and making a lot of money, which you say, well, that's not too bad. And I thought, no, but I'm young enough to say I don't want that. And I thought, 
I need to move on with life. So I ended up doing a drive about around the West. I ended up um, at a small, what I call a three-bar town. You, you, you signify how big the town is by how many bars it has. So this was a relatively small town yeah. in southern Arizona. And I asked the old cowboy there, I said, I need some work. So I got a fencing job. So I ended up out there um, basically as far away as you could get from the lights of anywhere. There was no one. You went up on a hillside and you looked around. You could not see a light to save your life. It was about as alone and desolate as I could get. And the book really started there. I called those my Walden Pond years. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of searched, I guess, for the meaning of life. You know, what was important to me to want to say about why I was here on the planet. And it was fascinating that this, these letters evolved uh-huh. the way that they did. I mean, it was absolutely, it took, and as you well know, you know 10 years to, to write right. the whole, so at that point, when you were out there and you were writing to the little ones, dear little ones, were you writing to your future children? Were you writing to yourself as a child? Isn't what that was your Yeah, no, it was. I think it's that that universal All child. Children? I guess. Yes. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, we're the first one to ever bring that up, and that's the little ones. And again, to tell your listeners, the. the when the father writes, he doesn't know the name of his children. Right. And so there's a universality and a timelessness to the book because you don't know exactly when it was written. It was written many, many years ago, but it, it has a feeling of it could be written now, it could be written 80 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, the language is a little older. That you, um, yeah, you know, I, I can relate to that in a sense because I, um, I started journal writing when my kids were really little. Mm. And even before they were little, but I started, they were babies when I started writing to them or to, gosh, if I really think about it, I think I wrote to my future kids. I wrote thinking that someday someone would read that after I was long gone. So I wrote in a sense that in a legacy way. And I want to talk to you about that, about having that forethought of, um, being prepared for something that you don't know what your life is going to be like. We're, we're talking about seek this week, and, and that is the idea of, um, you know, thinking about what you're looking for, what you're searching for, what you being prepared to um, know um, what's ahead, even when it's dark and you don't know what's around that corner, having that yeah. forethought of mind. So in, in that case, you were writing, you didn't know how the book was going to come about. You didn't know who you were writing to, but you thought about writing uh, this legacy of what, you know, advice to a middle school student, to a young child, to, you know, what those, what things you would want them to know. And I think that's beautiful. I think we need to write. I wrote a letter once to serendipity or a letter to, you know, to faith, just, you know, to my own faith, you know? And I think that's really neat to do that type of soul searching for your own self and for whoever might read it in the future. And I can see you doing that. And so what's interesting about these letters, too, is that the father initially starts writing to them and they receive the letters on their 10th birthday. But he, at a certain point, decides, I can't write this simple stuff to them about, I mean, it's important what he's talking about, but he realizes I have to write to their entire lives. And that's where you get the richness in the book. I mean, you're talking about, he writes about love and the beautiful side of it, the dark side of it. He writes about money and travel and 
and how to clean your room and how to how to sell a car and how I mean it's just the full gamut of everything he thought was important to pass on to his children so that they would have some sort of guidebook or you know a, a manual of life mm -hmm. and um, and then what's interesting as he delves into it I mean again he is alone, he's alone up in a mountain cabin he knows he's he's fated to die up there but he's got a he's in a race with time to leave behind these letters he doesn't know how long right. he has to, right. uh, to live and um, and then he starts dealing with memory and time and his own demise and God and nature. So what you thought was this initial just, oh, I'm going to write these letters about how to live life. Oh, it, it ends up being this gigantic, soul-searching, massive, not massive, no, it's very uh, intimate, but he takes on the universe. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting. That's so, but that's what we do, don't we, in life? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and especially, that... especially using your word seek. Yeah. And here it was. I was seeking what I did. I didn't know what I was seeking. All I knew was that the conduit was this book, and that was my job to write. Yeah. And it's very interesting because when, you know, you, you hear about artists talk about this, not out-of-body experience, but that they're sort of directed to do what they do. And that that's very much the case with this book. You know, I'd written, I had great success in my early 20s, had a couple of bestsellers, um, bounced around the world, sort of lived that writer's life, and then um, ended up here working as a cowboy for these many, many years, and yet I was, as a writer, and I took this job on as like, man, you better write this to save your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. amazing. So, so getting back to this year, this past yeah. year, since the since the book came out and got all these awards, um, I want to go back to to the nonfiction fiction part. But my question was, what was the most memorable thing that yes. you did to promote the book this year? Because okay. you did some amazing things. I well, love this is your cool. creativity. This, this is so cool because one, and actually, again, sort of a backstory to what why we did why I did what I did. And after I've done a lot, many, many book signings, after a while, I began, oh, I crave to be outdoors. I was raised in the mountains. I was raised to be outdoors. I love being outside. And I love just being active. And I thought, gosh, how do I take the central message of the book, which is to live life to the fullest, and, and do that in a way where I can sort of promote the book? And so I started coming up with these first ever book signings, things like, First ever book signing on top of a volcano. I did it on top of Mount St. Helens. And then I did a first ever modern day whistle stop book tour on uh, Amtrak from Orlando all the way to Niagara Falls, signing books on on the you know the rail cars getting off, signing the Barnes and Noble and Costco, coming back on. That you did one on horseback too, right? Oh, that's right. The first the first ever digital book signing, and I did it on horseback, riding up to Barnes and Noble. And that was a hoot. Mm. Um, so I did all these things and and it's, why not? Why, why wouldn't I do these things, I guess is the question. Mm -hmm. um, especially that I, that I believe so much in the message of what I wrote, and now I'm, live, you know, I'm walking my talk. So back to, your central, back to your question of this last year. So we did, um, when I say we, I include my family in all these because I can't take the I can't take the video while I'm doing it. So, <laughs> get my son and my wife and my cameraman and director. They've gotten very good. Good. Um, we did um, 
the first ever book signing um, by an American author in post Castro Cuba. Ooh. And we did that in April and that was unbelievable. That was just, you know, there was that short window of time where we could go to Cuba alone like we did, popped in there, met these incredible people, took it, and then the Cuban people are, wow, they love authors because of Hemingway. They still talk about Papa. It was like, wow. well, you're a superstar. I said, great, I got to come back here more often. So um, the people, that experience was incredible. Um, we did the, over the summer, we did the first ever YouTube scavenger hunt in which I took, let's see, how many videos did I release? Uh, it's 12 weeks, so it would have been 25, about, about 25 videos in which I, I have the books. Uh, so, right there, see that, guys? Yeah, look at that. So I took this book and I put it inside a video that I was doing, and these videos that I was doing were the I Love to Read series. So this is where oh. I love to read while skiing, or I love to read while climbing, or I love to read while racing go-karts, or doing just whatever it is. So I did 25 of these videos and hid the book within five of them, and if you found the you know, all five videos with a, with that hidden book inside of it, you could win a Kindle, you could win, you know, there was like gift cards and things That's like that. That's so online. creative. That's so cool. I have to say, if you're listening yeah. to this on Anchor or on my podcast, that he's holding up a book that has an X on it. So it's a copy of his book with an X, like a hidden treasure. Yeah, with, <laughs> so a, yellow, with a yellow yeah. X. So yeah, exactly. Thank <laughs> you for mentioning. And, um, and the other cool part of it was, was that, Again, you could do this for free, but the if you wanted to buy the book, all the proceeds that summer went to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's so awesome. I'm trying to include in every event I do charities. Um, I just it's that pay it forward idea. Yeah, I really, really believe in that. So that's been a fun part of that. So that was a huge success, Scott. We literally because of that this year. My what I this is really fun. I call it the Carew Tube which is, you know, YouTube channel for Karuk. If you go on it, we reached a million views this um, about three weeks ago. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah. And that scab. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hat on. Yeah, go ahead. Put your hat on. Yeah. Well, that's really a huge success, success yeah. story. Thank you so much for sharing. I was going to yeah. tell. I was going to say. Yeah, congratulations. No, this was really cool. And it really worked. A million worked. views. Yeah, millions and millions. Next year, I want to say the same when we yeah. get back to, on next year on this. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, three million, baby. Yeah. No, I'm going to um, catch up with you. <laughs> lots of subscribers, lots of fun. And, and, and go ahead and look at those. Those videos are really fun for kids to watch. And again, that was another aspect yeah. is to get kids excited about reading. And so we were able to get libraries involved and um, even schools involved and they could they could talk to them, why is this author doing this or what why is this crazy author doing this and they could say well why what do authors do and and so it promotes a conversation which i think is one of the most important things and then and then as if there was nothing else to do the rest of the year <laughs> I've always wanted to do a, a book signing while stomping grapes, and thus we did the first ever um, stomp and sign. Stomp and 
inside. Yeah, where is that? Where's so much fun. Look at this. Stuff. Can you let's see if we can see this here? So there I am. And it's the first ever stomp and sign. Can you see that? Yes. Oh my gosh. First ever book signing done while stomping grapes. Yes, and we did that? it at a winery up in Washington near the wow. Chateau of Somersville Wineries. Wow. That was, oh my gosh, you kidding? That was a hoot. And all the proceeds of the book um, at that time went to the Ch uh, Seattle Children's Hospital. Watch the video. It's fun. For so, sure. question is, mm -hmm. was it cold? Yes. <laughs> it, was it chilled wine? <laughs> it was just, it's so funny. And they're making a special edition, this wine, called the Stomp and Sign Wine. So it'll be ready in a couple of years. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. You can get your own wine from the stomp that you stomped. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you yeah. come up with these amazing ideas. You're so creative. So I guess that there isn't just one thing that tops them for you. They just Everyone must be so so much fun to come up with and to do. Yeah, what they fun are. And they're always you live. Well, it's, I guess that's it. That comes back to the book, doesn't it? It really is promoting that central. And that's what a, what a gift to be able to bring the, the words and the living together in a way that people can see it, you know. And then, they can, and then, and then what's really cool is they go into the book and they go, wow, I get it. I get why you do what you do because your words are full of this life force that you Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They are. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's really neat. So, you know, when the, one of the things we talked about last time was um, your feeling of being naked. You'd mentioned, yeah. you talked about that. Tell me more about that. Let's, let's you know, tell me what, what that, um, that feeling of being vulnerable means. Vulnerable, yeah. It was, it was so funny I did this uh, interview and, and he asked me, you know, it was toward the end of the interview. It was a book interview, and uh, he asked me a similar question: "Is how? What do you feel like?" And I said, "I paused and said, I feel naked." And his eyes sort of went big, like, "Oh my gosh, where's this guy going?" And um, the reason I say naked is because I think the place that I was at in the writing of this book was very—I um, was very vulnerable to myself, to the, to the universe. I basically stepped off the edge of the cliff. I mean, if you want to talk about seeking, you know, seek and you shall find. Well, before you find it, you have to seek it. Yeah. And part of that process is you don't know where that seeking is going to take you. So really, it was like, tip, 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 boom, over the top of the cliff, swan dive into, you know, I have no clue. I mean, here I left behind, like, a feature film, union card, the whole nine yards, and said, nope, that universe is not for me, because if I go down that road, that's the end of me. And took off on this road and just said, laid myself open to myself and whatever the universe had to offer. And, and that, and the honesty by which I, I allowed myself to to, it's really something the honesty by which I learned about myself through the writing process I think resonates with people who read it they feel like this person is being very honest with me and it's fascinating because people will come up to me and start to confess things like I read your book and I felt this and I have story after story after story of people who read and they break down and cry or they hug me. 
And at that point, you're not even the author anymore. You're the, you're the messenger of something that was given to you through you to get the book. Right. I think that's extraordinary. That that's is. Extraordinary. And humbling, too. That must have been an unexpected. I mean, you've written other books, so was that an unexpected? Oh, I mean, absolutely, yeah. How, you know, how have you changed since the publishing of this book and promoting and, and connecting with your audience? What, what has changed for you personally? Oh, that's a good question. I, I actually have to read my book sometimes mm -hmm. to reconnect with that part of life that says, hey, slow down. You know, I, I, have, um, I talk to people all the time when I'm on airplanes or when I'm, you know, out in the world and, and they've read the book and they tell me what the book is. I think that's extraordinary. So um, they say it's a go slow book. Mm. Um, they say it's a comfort food book. Um, you know, I just, or a, um, one woman called it a, uh, not a, just a keepsake, but what do you put in your, oh, she called it a hope chest book. Oh, yeah, like a time wow. capsule. I could see that. Like yeah, it was that, oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So they're teaching me about my book, and I think in this day and age, especially this time period of our lives, there's so much turmoil going on that there seems to be more people are coming to the book and saying, thank you for reminding me what's important. And that's the, that's the other central message I get over and over and over that, hey, this is really important to remind us why please and thank you are important, why... Right. Love is still, and kindness, and why empathy is still important. I mean, yes, these we say these things when we give that, you know, lip service. But your writing this says it puts it in a concrete way that I can show to others. I was on a, I was on a plane trip not too long ago to an interview, and I usually strike up a conversation, and, and this one guy, oh, you're not there, what are you writing? And I said, da da da. And I, oh, can I read it? Sure, I always have a book to read. And she's reading it. She's She's crying and laughing, and she's and then she's sighing. I mean, this was you know, it was cross country, so three hours later, she finishes she and she's just like this. And I said, What I gotta, I gotta ask you, what? what? She goes, This letter, I have to, I have to give this to my husband, and I have to uh -huh. give this one to my son, and I have to send this to my sister, and I have to send this one. And Wow, what a revelation. Yeah. That there's that much power in each of these letters that it almost becomes, it almost becomes a Rorschach test for people. Uh -huh. they, they see what they need to see at that moment of their lives. It's extraordinary. Well, that must have been a really powerful experience for you to sit side by side with somebody while they read the entire book and had that type of emotional response. Had yeah, you had I mean, that experience was, was before powerful. that? It I mean, it's powerful. one thing to sit by your spouse or your child as they read your book and you kind of interpret their, your, their you know, reactions or, or your editor or your friend, but a perfect stranger sits next to you and says, can I read it? And you say, sure. And, and you're living their reactions yeah. raw. That's amazing. That was amazing. Wow. And, and I tell you, that happens so often. It's extraordinary. And I, I might have told this story last time in our last interview, but at, at, the, at a book signing not too long ago, this mother and son were coming by, and I always, I'm very, I think you can tell I'm not a shy author. I don't <laughs> look at an author. Ah, oh, come on, or I grab them. And 
And I said, come on over, I'm getting tired. What's up, what's up, I'm going to read my book. And so they come on over, and the kid's on his cell phone, as a teenager, and the mother goes, okay, tell me about your book. And I explained it to her, she said, well, that sounds interesting. Oh, my gosh, interesting, the second most nastiest word in the English language. So let, me pull the, <laughs> let me pull the interesting knife out of my back. So, um, so I said, look, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to guarantee this book. And she said, how do you guarantee a book? I said, I, I guarantee that if you open it any place in the book, you will turn to the next page. She says, okay. And I said to you, too. You pick up the book. So he's like, oh, he put his phone down. They pick up the book. One, two, three. I couldn't believe what was going on. She sat it down. She says, I'll take two. I said, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. And I said, no. And she, she, so she goes over to pay for it, and the kid is still reading. I said, I said all right. I said, what is this? Why are you kidding me? So what do you do? She said, never in a million years like he looks me in the eye and he goes, I don't have a father. I wish that I had a spoken for him. And I told that story the other day to somebody and she broke, I mean, she literally yeah, started crying. Me. And it made me cry to yeah. be at that moment. All of a sudden, I was taken aback. Yeah. So that happens over and over and over again. So that's what we do. That's what I do now. I have people open up the book, they find the place where it would be. And so this is your job this year to open up your copy of the book right now. <laughs> open it up. Anywhere. See where it takes me. See where it takes you. Here we go. It right now. Everybody, I'm flipping through the pages. and I'm, gonna I'm not looking. I'm not like. I saw something that popped up at me. But, um, <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, wow. Page 109. So if the truest currency of life is time, then how do you get more time? Because if more is merrier, then having more time should make us more happier, right? Therefore, all we have to ask ourselves is, can we buy more time? And the royal answer is no, and more no, and forever no. Money can buy you everything to fill your time, but it cannot buy time itself. And things are definitely not time. In the beginning, you were given a lump sum of time, and every hour lived is an hour spent. No getting a life loan to buy another year. No asking for more credit to purchase a few more days. No borrowing from your buddy a few bucks to buy a few more hours. And in the end, are we remembered for what we bought or for the quality of the time we spent in living? Are we remembered for how tightly we chained ourselves to the work wheel or for the person we were with our families and friends, what we did for others and how true we were to ourselves and for the life we led, not just for what we did with our lives, but how we did it? Because I'll tell you right now, little ones, when push comes to shove, no one's asking to work another hour to buy another something while tossing around on their death sheets. From where your papa sits, watching as the bank account of my time dwindles away much faster than I had anticipated or, uh, anticipated or appreciate, I'm not asking you to take vows of poverty, but vows of deliberation. For things don't think, and money has no mind. Only you can know the difference between your wants and your needs and the sacrifice of your life's time to both. I want to read the next chapter. I want to read the next page. That's wow. so amazing. That, that's powerful. That's so that's beautiful. That's wow. That moved me. To hear that, yeah. I can't keep reading because I'll start crying. It's so beautiful. And, um, Wow, yeah, that's amazing. That's that's incredibly. That's beautiful. Yeah.
Yeah, I mean, that's a really good challenge. I think anybody could just pick up this book and find meaning and find inspiration. And, and yes, it's beautiful. Everybody should be writing letters to their loved ones. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that one's – that's one of my sort of secret favorite letters, the everything and nothing of money. And when you read that, I was – catching my breath on it, right? I was like, wow. Again, that's, I have to find inspiration. I have to go read what that guy wrote years ago, and I'm stunned. But your, your words, your own words, yeah. You know, um, it is amazing to hear somebody else read your words. It's so powerful, and just, I have so much appreciation for you and for your writing and the story. It's so oh, deep. It has so many levels. So explain to me how it got um, nonfiction and fiction awards. How does that work? What part of this? Well, <laughs> I, think it seems, I think by reading that letter, I think it's almost self-fulfilling in that people have used it as a life lessons book. Advice, yeah. Right, advice okay. book. So I think what was happening was, was you know, people were saying, yes, it's a fiction book. You wrote it as a fiction book, but we're also using it as a life lessons book, and thus... It has all the qualities of a nonfiction book, so why are we going to call it a nonfiction book? And yeah. I, and I, okay, that, that works for me. So it's very, and it, and it, I don't think very many books could do that. I mean, this is a very this is a unique mix in it is. It's like a chicken soup for your soul kind of yeah. thing, but instead of little stories, it's, it's letters. It's letters, and people have said it's almost like a. Uh, Tuesdays of Maury, um, Bridges of Madison County yeah. because of the love story inside of it, and Chicken Soup of the Soul. So it's got this sort of fantastical mix of things and, and this sort of cowboyish voice. But it's not Western, <laughs> but it's modern, but it's timeless. And yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm amazed. And there's a reason it took that long to write. And, and, uh, and when you read that, God, I tell you, I was really moved. I mean, I have, wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay. okay. Well, I'll have to read some more. Um, I said, you know, where do you go from this? What, what, after you've got another book coming out, obviously, but what, what is, what are you doing in your life after this? Yeah, you books? know, I think the biggest, I think on a personal level, it's, um, you know, raising our son and, and taking care of my wife. In a professional terms, it's I do what I can do within the context of of how to involve my son in, within it. Because, you know, I look at these... How old is your son now? He's 11. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and I, I married later in life and, and was fortunate to, to have this one incredible gift from my wife as our, our son. And uh, so... This book resonates so much with me relative to bringing him up because it's not like you have another chance to do it again with another child or two or three. It's one shot. And so I'm very aware of being alive with him. That's awesome. Yeah. and uh, but, but not to be overly like, oh, we got to do it. You know, we got to grab every moment. But, but to be, be very, um, I guess the word this last year's mindful. You know, I think I think that's a wonderful word, and I think to use it with our children is, is equally as important, not just for ourselves, but for the way we live. Terrific! Great! Great interview! Oh.
Oh, well, thank you. I think yeah. so, too. It's always so much fun to talk to you. Well, oh, likewise. talking some more this month, and this will be my very first inspiring adventure for this Absolutely. year. I love it. I love so. it. So, thank you so much. Well, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Okay. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye.